0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone who is listening today. This is Sebastian from Ace Adventures, and you are listening to the All Things Student Startup Podcast, a show that goes over everything related to finance and startups for people who just love entrepreneurship. Today, we are talking about effective ways to run your first startup with people who is the founder of Flagship and also an angel investor discuss everything there is to know about angel investing, running your own startup, certain challenges that might come up when running your own startup, and how to tackle these challenges.
1: Ivo, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, uh, and also thanks for the short introduction. Just to give a small background about myself, so I'm Ivo, I'm 27 years old. I got a background in tech, so I used to be a front developer, but also a web designer. By de- doing that, I Worked at a lot of startups, uh, been in a startup bootcamp program. Those kind of things really got me into crypto by being with a lot of people that uh, already were in crypto and I started investing in crypto and that's how I uh, also became an angel investor. Oh, Okay, interesting. What is it about uh, your goals and
0: aspirations that made you want to go into startups or make your own startup? Well, I basically just
1: rolled into it, it's always a (laughs) fun thing to say, but uh, I actually uh, had a small company with a friend of mine where we were building uh, basically everything related. So from web shops to uh, small applications. Uh, And I just got hired by a startup and they were really happy with our work. So they actually said, do you wanna join actually our company? And I was like, well, I got my own company. Should I do this? But then I also had to do an internship for my uh, university. So I decided to just hop on on board with them for half a year. And actually that was in the Startup Bootcamp program. And after three months, they ended up moving back to Hamburg because that was a Hamburg uh, startup. And I just joined them in Hamburg as well. okay.
0: Interesting. So yeah, you really did just kind of fall into it through uh, a series of
1: events. Yeah. Nice that you ended up where you are, right? Yeah, and from there, uh, I just was in the startup world. So I uh, did a lot of freelancing with uh, a lot of startups from Startup Bootcamp program.
0: Okay, okay, interesting stuff. And uh, let's talk about your startup, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so, my startup is called Flagship. Flagshipdefy.com is our website. And basically, what we're doing is, as you all know, crypto is a little bit complicated. There are so much in the crypto world, and we're actually trying to make that simple. So, investing in crypto made easy. And we're doing this by creating ETFs, so kind of baskets with different kinds of coins in them, and we manage them and uh, by doing that we make it uh, easier for for investors to open into crypto because we think being in the market is better than predicting the market so if you are in crypto for the next five to ten years we expect to make quite a lot of money and uh, by not managing yourself it saves you a lot of time
0: yeah absolutely i can imagine it also makes for a very uh, nice entry point into crypto investments as well uh, to not have for the regular retail investor to not have to research lots of different types of cryptos but rather just your etfs your baskets
1: yeah and we're also um, really um, making it easier for the user because they don't have to use other tech related stuff so they basically just open our application create an account and they don't even know they're using blockchain but everything is still on chain but they just deposit their money select the baskets they, they wanna have and then basically they're into crypto. Yeah, very straightforward. Uh, what is that? is it that gave you this idea? Well, it was basically the idea of my co-founder. Uh, so um, he basically did this manually for his friends because they um, basically wanted to be in a certain uh, area of crypto, uh, Avalanche uh, ecosystem and they saw this was up and coming but they didn't have the time to basically look into it, look at every new company. So he said, okay, give me your money basically <laughs> and I will manage this. And then he got a lot of questions that what are you doing with our money? How much is worth? Can we cash out? Can we do anything? Do we know anything? And then he said, okay, can we create like a small dashboard or something or can create an entire company doing this and just do it on a bigger scale.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that um, this is a small, small event in one's social life could lead to such an
1: interesting and unique idea. Yeah, yeah. So and um that's when we started and uh basically in the past few months we focused on raising our seat round. Uh we are currently a bit over six hundred K. That was actually our hard cap but we're overshooting a little bit. But um uh we're using that to basically create our MVP and do a second round for uh, for a bigger amount basically yeah. We expect to do around 3 million to 10 million for our next round depending on the market conditions most of the crypto startups do like a seed round and then uh do like a bigger vc round and then they raise like a large capital to build basically the entire company so it's going quite quickly yeah yeah so it's uh actually with with the current market conditions as we all know uh with the uh stuff happening in ukraine and um rising uh dollar value becoming less worth and uh, people are just not really eager to invest a lot of stuff at the moment we notice it's a little bit harder but we still managed to raise that uh, that capital so that's uh, that's great
0: fantastic fantastic and for you and
1: your startup
0: i'm quite curious to hear what right now is the biggest challenge for you
1: yeah so basically after now we raised the funds, we are basically building the mvp so it's uh really setting up the entire company so uh, basically hiring people make sure they know what to do do their job and basically have a good team because uh what i really see as an angel investor myself it's more about the team than your product because you can easily change your product and it's harder to change your team Mm. so that's what we're doing right now is hiring the right people or at least we're trying to Mm. Yeah, I can imagine as well
0: because uh, you don't just want talented, competent people, but I imagine you also want people who care about your startup as much as you do.
1: Yeah, and and also really important is that you cannot hire 10 of the same people because then nothing gets done. Mm. So you really try to hire from every aspect of different kind of people so they can work together nicely and you can build a really good company vibe, basically. And what does that mean? You don't want to hire the same people. So you don't want to have 10 super creative people but you also want to have people that are doing stuff okay okay
0: so uh, you want a good variation of competencies personality types backgrounds that yep. type of thing oh, okay.
1: yeah and and also the ones that can work together so you can have somebody that's super creative and comes up with great ideas and really helps push your vision of your company forward but then there needs to be somebody that can actually execute those ideas and make sure he also understands them and iterates on those visionary ideas from the other person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. that's only two of the, I always say there are like four kind of type of people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you need to have a great marketing guy that can sell your stuff. You need to have like a, uh, somebody that is a designer that can put it on paper, make, make it look nice as well. And if you have all those areas, I think you can really create some strong team d- dynamics and really create a good company.
0: I'd like to shift gears a little bit and talk more about your role as an angel investor. You yourself um, mentioned you're an angel investor and just now you also mentioned your role as an angel investor has helped you in your startup.
1: Yeah, so yeah. basically um, I don't really do direct angel investment in one specific startup. I use a platform right. where I'm heavily involved with uh, Cut Pitch Drive, basically what they do They have like a fund and there you can, uh, they invest into the startups uh, yourself, but they also create an application and you can, for the startups you like, you can add a little bit extra. So um, if I say it correctly, they invest that capital that they raised, like they did a 30 million investment round uh, and they're gonna spend it to 24 startups in one year basically. Could be even a little bit more, I'm just doing the quick maths in my head, but it <laughs> doesn't really work out. That uh, they, they invested that 30 million into uh, the startups in one year and then um, basically every startup that they fund, uh, I can save myself if I do a little bit extra or not.
0: Okay. And in this uh, overview of different startups, you've seen
1: every startup? That's yeah, yeah. V- okay, okay. And so I, I'm kind of heavily involved with Pitch Drive team itself so I, I'm Sometimes at their office, I talk about every startup, uh, so I, I know everything uh, in the in, ins and outs. So it's not that I just let them do it and then I'm out. That That's something you could do, but uh, I really like to know everything about the startups, help them uh, also look at which kind of startups they should invest in. For instance, every crypto startup always runs through my uh, <laughs> my area. So I always give advice on those kind of things. Okay. Yeah,
0: because you're so heavily involved, you said that um, you don't just put your money in and leave it. You could do that, but you don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. To me, this shows that you actually care a little bit more about just making a profit from investing.
1: It's it's both, um, or at least there are multiple things. Mm-hmm. I think investing it's really nice because you can help smaller companies grow. So I think without angel investment funds, there would be a lot less companies in the world actually, and a lot less uh, progress. So that's, that's one thing why I like to invest. But the other thing is also learning stuff myself because you learn quite a lot by just talking to people that are or going to the same stuff or um, are working on their company and coming up with great ideas and you can help them. And I just really get a lot of energy about talking to people about their company and just thinking, hey, if you do this, maybe you can come up a little bit further. And then you really see some somebody just Grow their company with just a tiny little bit of help of you, and that just really gives me a lot of energy. Oh, okay, very nice. So you talk to many founders on a regular basis, then? Mm, depends. It really depends on which uh, uh, things are happening. So sometimes I just help founders, or I just talk to um, uh, people from the PitchCraft team that are doing selection of startups. So I help them with that part, or. Um, Um, I do a little bit of consulting sometimes with different kind of startup companies and um, just all this put in one package I just really get a lot of energy out of it. Okay,
0: very interesting. You're very involved in um, the startup entrepreneurship ecosystem then, talking to the angel investor company and multiple startups.
1: Yeah, so, so I try to because I think this area is just super interesting, they're like great people in there, super interesting people as well. So I think being in the space, you can learn so much stuff also for yourself, but also just to to just be involved. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Also
0: because they must be in so many different industries as well, so you learn yeah. so much about so many different topics just from talking to these types of people.
1: Yeah, so you can grow a little bit outside of your comfort bubble basically. Mm-hmm. So I always just been in crypto and some silly old auction house stuff I used to work for as well. Um, Those are not the most like cryptos interesting, but the other stuff, maybe not so much for for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but just seeing what's happening and seeing what's what's changing in the world and what kind of things are like needed. So which kind of uh, startup companies are growing. Like um, one startup company I really like, is just kind of a simple tool. They just do basically Uh, office management and they have like in every area, they have like a QR code. You just scan it and you can do report like uh, this wall is uh, damaged or something. And then they get a notification and they can come repair it. And actually when I uh, was working for an office building as well, of course I came up with this idea, but I never went further with it. And then I'm really nice to see that somebody else has the same idea and works and it's great. Mm. And then I'm like, ah, that's awesome. Yeah, I can imagine, definitely. I'm curious, is that, do you ever think, wow, I could have done that idea myself? Of course, but um, I think it's all about the team and the effort you put in. Mm -hmm. So really an idea is just an idea. And if, if you're the only one that got that idea, probably it's not a good idea. So I think also sharing ideas and talking to people about ideas, it really helps to grow an idea and move to the next level of your idea. I think we all experience that, that just <laughs> you see some company and think, hey, I got that idea as well four years ago. But once again, it's just about the execution. It's like you're just not stealing an idea from somebody because it should be your passion. You should work uh, every day on it. You should love it. You should talk to everybody you know about your idea to grow it to the next level.
0: I'd like to touch on that one point you mentioned. If nobody has thought of that idea, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah, correct. Is that also to say that if you do have a good idea, you're probably not the first person to think of that
1: idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's why you should do the execution better than another person. Mm -hmm. If you want to be the biggest, you have to execute better. I always really liked the example of Google because it was not the first search engine, but it was the best one out there. So that's why it became bigger than the rest. And that's how you outlive your competition. The first mover advantage is real, of course, but as long as other person that has the same idea is not that big, it's not just the first mover. So you can outgrow your competition. And that's also why I really like angel investment because if you basically raise funds for your company, you can grow bigger. So it's always give a little bit away from your company. It always feels hard to give away a little slice of your of your company, but you can grow it so much bigger and so much faster. And if you're not doing it, somebody else is doing it. That's something you should always put in the back of your head. You're not the first, you're not the only one, but you should just work harder, do it better than somebody else. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And that involves also giving away a piece of your baby sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, in return for uh, the investment so you can grow.
1: Yeah, and you shouldn't just really see it as a bag of cash, but you see, cons- should see it as an opportunity to basically grow your company even faster, and hire smarter people than yourself. Yes, indeed.
0: Uh, really quicker. just before we go into uh, even more advice for startups, I want to touch on angel investing one more time. Uh, I'd really, really, really like to know, what is the biggest lesson you've taken away from angel investing that has helped
1: you in your startup now? So I think the biggest lesson that I learned is basically it's more important to have a good team than a good idea. Mm. So it's, it's more about your execution and your team. So also looking at a pitch deck from a company, of course I look at the idea because it's important, but I look more at who is executing it. Are they capable of executing it? Because you can always easily change an idea, but you cannot change the team. These are the people you're investing in and these are the people that are gonna do it better than the competition basically are they capable of doing that?
0: When you look at an idea or a startup and you see what their product or service is, do you already know uh, from the back of your mind that the, this startup is not the first or only startup to be doing this?
1: With a, quite a lot of startups, I myself, I, I had a lot of small startup ideas. So that's one thing and I know a lot of people listening as well have a lot of startup ideas. And if you see something and you think, okay, yes, that once crossed my mind as well, they already know that I'm not the only one that crossed my mind. I'm not the only one where it crossed my mind, but then it's always somebody else is already doing it. Sometimes I just Google it and see as well, are there, what's the competition? But most of the time it's just in a page deck. They say, this is my competition. Mm-hmm. We're doing this and this better than our competition. So that's the easy part. Okay. Oh, that's not too bad then. So the team is very, very, very
0: important. Yeah. About.
1: Yeah. I think. Let's say 90% team, 10% idea. Oh, wow. That's because big you can just pivot your idea. Probably your first idea is never gonna be the last idea from your company. So mm-hmm. you start with something, you raise funds on that because people should still get excited on that. A lot of people don't don't really look so much at the team as uh, probably I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But the idea should sell, it should spark some interest. and. From there, you start building, you start, start testing, you start doing user research, and then you say, okay, maybe this part of our idea is not really working, but we see a lot of interest into this other side thing. Let's just dive on that.
0: Would you say that um, startups sh- or founders shouldn't be afraid to take a different path that they started sometimes?
1: No, I think it sh- it sh- you shouldn't do it every day, of course, because mm-hmm. then you don't have like a clear focus, but. After experiencing um, your product with some users and seeing how they react on it, I think it's really good to just reflect on which area of my product are people really interested in and which areas are they maybe not that much interested in. And that area that they really like is just a really, really tiny s- small part of your concept. And then why not just do like a small test MVP to just focus on that specific uh, concept and then just test it and repeat it and improve on top of that and just maybe just ship a second standalone product and just keep testing with that and then after like uh, half a year you say okay we have now two products basically we're going to kill one of them which one we're going to kill those kind of things are happening Mm -hmm. and really improving startups because you have so much or so different knowledge set when you start with your startup from when you hire your people in your company, do user testing, have your first real users. You grow as a founder so much that you probably think, hey, this idea where we started with, it's not the end result.
0: Obviously running, starting and running a startup is lots of work, but it's also lots of, every now and then you have to take a step back
1: as well. I can imagine you
0: have to see what works and what doesn't and experiment with that.
1: Yeah, so of course you're working in your company Yeah, but you should also look at your entire company. So Mm -hmm. don't spend your um, first year uh, like 80 hours per week only building in your company. Mm, Exactly, Take some steps back, look at your company, reflect on your company. That's always good why you should have actually multiple co-founders because you don't have like a deadlock like 50-50 split. I have it at my company, but we have a lot of advisors to help with that. Mm -hmm. If you have like three founders just do every quarter do a session see if your product sales align with everybody's vision and after that you can always say okay yes it still aligns but we all see something else works better that's really close to our product Mm -hmm. just test it just put some effort into it yeah don't don't throw over your entire company and only focus on that before you tested it but don't be afraid to spend energy in some niche area of your product And that's why I said just don't only build for your company, Mm -hmm. but build your company.
0: I am very intrigued by what you just said about having lots of advisors because you said for having these moments of reflection and experimentation, it's nice to have multiple co-founders. You, of course, have one co-founder, but you also have many advisors helping you out as well. So I'd like to actually ask as well then, do you see it valuable to be open about your startup? be open to criticism from others from mentors advisors that kind of
1: yeah so I always think you should have a lot of people around you that are or smarter than you or more experienced than you so you can learn from them that's why we have one of our advisors he founded 10 companies really successful guy really nice guy as well but he can just help us with some stuff that you normally should spend months or years on learning like some really small minor details you only experience if you already started the company and if you have a, an advisor that can just say hey uh, maybe you're forgetting to hire an HR person because your company is growing probably I should have never thought of it but by talking to somebody that's been through it he knows how to do it and then you can create a better company in the same sp- time span by just having somebody that's already done it and likes your concept and likes to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're able to grow so much quicker just by having someone, like you
0: said, has done what you're doing now, and is able to give very specific uh, advice.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's why also if you're uh, uh, raising funds, they have a saying called smart and dumb money. And the smart money comes, of course, you still get a bag of money, but it also comes with a lot of experience behind it. So you get advice about your company, for instance, uh, with Pitch Drive, they had like a startup doing uh, subscriptions for toothbrushes, like the heads of the toothbrush. And they were gonna raise a big round and they had some issues with their uh, how to raise it and do a lot of stuff around it. And then somebody from Pitch Drive really helped, uh, basically to manage that process for them. So there you see that if you're a founder and you can build a nice company. You're not a finance guy, so y- get some help on that area. Mm-hmm. Get somebody that's smarter than you on that area. Yeah. And if that's somebody that's an investor from you, even better because they're into the company as well so that you would put more effort into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like really uh, like a really important step to take. Get someone on your team or hire someone who is smarter than you. Yeah. I can imagine that was
1: sometimes easier said than done, right? Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be somebody that's smarter in every area than you, mm-hmm. but somebody that's smarter in a specific niche from your company. Just look, look to learn from them. Mm. So I'm not the finance guy myself. I think I know quite a lot about finance, but probably I don't. But uh, <laughs> um, if we do a little finance stuff in our company, we're hiring somebody or an advisor we have that's got a lot of experience with it as well because you don't want to do that from scratch because it's some something different than building your company it's setting up your finance Mm -hmm. and the same with um as if you're not a designer then hire a good designer to basically make your make your ideas come true and get some reflection on it and get their better feedback on on those kind of things and Don't be afraid to spend money on those kind of things because you're building your foundation of your startup. If you're two years further and then you wanna do like a nice new design from your company, it's so much more expensive. Hmm. And you already lost two years of growing your company with your new design basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's important to have uh, people who are varied enough, so that
1: they can be an expert in their niche
0: when an er- and fill in an area that you're not an
1: expert in. Yeah, right. yeah, correct. And of course it's simple to say to find those people and you also have to think of your burn rate of your startup. So it's always a reflection of how much money I'm gonna spend with my company, mm-hmm. how much people I'm gonna hire. And sometimes it's better to hire a more expensive senior de- uh, developer, for instance, mm-hmm. than a media or a junior developer because you have to put in a lot of time from yourself. So you don't see, you only see like, oh, this developer is 10,000 euros per month and the other one is three. Mm-hmm. So I could hire three of those, but that one developer from 10K, probably he can build a better stuff than four of those other persons because he knows how to set everything up, do it better security wise, build a better foundation. So you don't have to do it uh, again in two years time.
0: Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I can imagine that must also be a very um, economical choice of investments if you were to come across money for an investor or profits to put back into getting the right people to do the right jobs.
1: I yep. can imagine yeah. That would be vital. Yeah, and that's why once again, the team is so important from your startup investor. Mm. So especially if you do a little bit ra- later round, like not just an idea round, but um, let's say a bridging round. So before your series A round, so it's um, let's say a round of 1 million, then the company is already kind of bigger. And then you can really see, hey, these are the people that that are working for this company. Can they do it? The further your company is, the more clear that will be. So that also means if you're gonna hire your first two, three persons from a company, you have to think of, This is super important for my company. It's like a breaker, like a breaking moment if I don't hire the correct people. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's better to spend a little bit more money on a freelancer, let them do some stuff, let you experience some stuff, and then take a little bit longer to the hiring process as well. see, yeah, yeah. Because the people you hire
0: are a literal part of your company, right? They are your company. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, and how is that for you? Uh, with your startup, do you find difficulty in finding the right people? Uh, making sure that you get people who, yeah, like we said earlier, aren't just competent but also fit
1: into the company well. Yeah, so of course it's always hard to do, but um, I think we have like a lot of help from from um, three of our um advisors that already built like a big crypto company, Mm -hmm. so they can really help with this. I know we already did some things that we probably now should do differently, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's just a learning experience. Like it's not something specifically I can teach right now, but of course you gotta make mistakes. That's why you are doing this as well, because making mistakes is not that bad, but as long as you learn from them and everything is fixable. but one thing I really, really always like is um, give some parts of your company also away to your first uh, employees. Because as I'm saying, they are your company. So make them also involved with your company. If you give them a small percentage of shares, they feel as well that they should build this company instead of just doing their job. But what, what is fine, but if they're, they're willing to basically grow through this entire process with you, reward them for it as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah,
0: that I, that would also uh, give employees a sense of belonging too, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, correct, and I think you can get better persons that way as well. Mm. we talked
0: a lot about uh, all the different types of things you've learned being in your own startup from your advisors, from your angel investing, such as uh, hiring the right people, hiring people's smarter than you. Uh, but also we've discussed uh, the importance of having a good team. I'd like to actually talk a little bit more about uh, the importance of being open to others as well. So oh, people's criticism, advice, yep.
1: things like that. Yeah, so I come a lot uh, or come across a lot of people that say, I, I love to share my startup story or my startup idea, but please first sign an NDA. So I'm already knowing that company's not gonna make it. Mm. And why I say this is because, okay, there are like small exceptions if you have like a really nice patented new biotech company, let's say that, Um, then it's a different story. But for everything else, share your idea because it's about the execution and not about the idea. And that 10% from your idea, it's it's really important as well. But uh, if you share it with a lot of people, it's gonna become better. So instead of building something, waiting for two years, uh, releasing it to the public, hope you have a market fit, uh, release it early, get a lot of feedback, uh, improve your product, and have a head start on your competition. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: Could you go more into uh, specifically how sharing your idea helps the company? Because I can imagine many people may be afraid someone will steal their idea
1: and then do it better than them but yeah. why would you recommend so if you're afraid of somebody stealing your idea and doing it better than you don't be a founder <laughs> because that's part of founding a company you sh- you should be sure that you can do it at the best possible mm. and if you think somebody's really good hire it for your company or found it with them itself but um, nobody's gonna steal a startup idea because they don't feel the passion for it so if you don't have the passion if you steal somebody else idea you don't have the passion for it you're not gonna build it the, s- the same way as they do it you're not gonna spend the 80 hours per week let's say <laughs> doing two jobs mm-hmm. at once um building the startup you're only doing that if you believe in your concept if you believe in the idea um and that's why you should also share your idea with everybody because they're not gonna steal it they just gonna give you feedback on it mm-hmm. and from there, you can take their experience in your company and have a better startup idea in the beginning or have a better growth phase in the after you have raised your capital, for instance.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, when you say share with everybody,
1: let's talk more about
0: who everybody is. So is that uh, a Literally family? everybody. Go on the
1: street, talk to everybody. <laughs> I don't care. It's, it's about getting your idea, getting feedback. Mm-hmm. look who are your users talk to them um, gather as much feedback as possible because that's that's how you can get a market fit like there are like a lot of things uh, associated to building a good startup and timing is one of them but you can create those kind of things yourself by just being open and looking at what people are looking for so tell your idea and people are saying oh but if you do this, then I would definitely use it. And don't directly build that. Just write it down and have 10 more conversations and see if, if everybody is saying it, maybe build an MVP part for it. Mm. Okay. But get the feedback. Yeah, feedback
0: sounds very valuable. I mean, you want to know, ha- hear the opinion of the people who will be using your products in the first place, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Because if everybody you talk to don't like your idea, maybe it's not a good idea or if you're almost close to a good idea, mm-hmm. but if if you already don't find anybody that wants to use your product, why build it?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, and how has this applied for you?
1: Uh, how has that been for you to share your idea with everybody? Yeah, so as I said, it, uh, my co-founder came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. So I basically joined him based on the idea because I got really excited because I think Getting new people in crypto is really important, and having a way to make that easy is even more important. Um, so that that's why I really liked the idea. And he already did it like a that prototype. I said like he did that manually. So I saw there's like people looking to do this, mm-hmm. and then I shared the concept with a lot of people as well. Mm-hmm. And people say, "Oh yeah, I would definitely use that." And then. With all that combined, I got just really excited and just wanna build this company. Okay, so you were
0: sharing your idea from the very beginning in the prototype phase. Yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Would you say uh, the earlier you share your idea, the better? Like let's say um, one of our listeners has an idea and they have no team and they have um, no products, no nothing, just an idea. Would you recommend
1: that they already start talking to people about it? Yes, for sure. Because the idea can sound really good in your head. But reflecting it to somebody else, who says, hey, but how does that work? Mm-hmm. And then you come up with like a solution for that. And if at the moment you're gonna, hi- uh, gonna try to raise funds, you're gonna get the same ca- questions. Mm-hmm. And you already talked about those questions and you have already solved those issues. So you have a better story for your investors as well, or for your new users, or wherever it's gonna grow your company bigger, you can already tell them, oh yes, but we thought about it and we're gonna solve it this way. They're like, oh yeah, great. Next question. Mm-hmm. Instead of, hmm, oh yeah, we don't really know. Hmm, we should think about it. It sounds so much different.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's better to get uh, start practicing answering these kind of questions as early as possible then.
1: Yeah. 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 And also, like in the early stage before you build anything you can just super easily without any cost you can change your product but after you have been building for two years it's super expensive to mm. change stuff
0: mm, definitely
1: the earlier the better
0: okay well so far we discussed some pretty good pieces of advice being open to people about your idea um, hiring people who are smarter than you uh, I've also thought about Yeah, overall having a good team. Uh, I'd like to start rounding off by one more point. Mm -hmm. Interesting question for you. Uh, Let's say that you uh, were talking to your younger self from when you were starting your first startup. Buy more crypto,
1: sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
0: yeah, definitely, buy all the stocks. But uh, what piece of advice would you give, The number one piece of advice uh, that you find the most important?
1: You mean startup-wise? Startup-wise, absolutely. Um, I think the best advice I would give to myself is basically try more concepts instead of letting them be concepts, found more companies, fail more often. Okay, interesting. And why is that? Because every time you fail, Mm -hmm. you learn something Mm -hmm. and you become a better founder. So don't be afraid to try it. Don't be afraid to spend just a little bit of your money and time to try a concept.
0: Okay. And uh, I imagine with that comes the ability to uh, put up with failure, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. that's something you should definitely learn because I think failure is part of your of life. And if you don't fail, you don't learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only thing, if you fail, really, reflect back on it. So you make a mistake, make sure you don't make it again. Mm. That's how it should be. Yeah. So I would never be angry to somebody that's making a mistake in my company as well. But if he's doing it for the second time, I'm already getting more angry. <laughs> Not that I ever get angry, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can imagine definitely uh, failing being good at taking failure, learning from failure, that is one of the cornerstones of uh, being an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you if you don't dare to fail, don't be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Just go work in the office for uh, 40 years.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: so that's the number one piece of advice then. Just, uh,
0: yeah, start something. If you have an idea, just do it. If you fail, that's great. So you can keep learn from it and keep going.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, so just keep learning, keep keep doing stuff, keep talking to people. And build your network around you um so from my personally being in the crypto of crypto in the startup world for a lot of years i got a lot of people around me that are really eager to help me so mm-hmm. they don't want anything back for it because they are just basically friends of mine mm-hmm. not people i see like every week or every month but if i just call them they just say hey good to talk to you again oh, uh, yeah, I can definitely give you advice. Those kind of people are like super important and do that for other people as well. So I have uh, quite a lot of people just sometimes asking me questions and I gladly help them and I don't expect anything for it back. Mm-hmm. But creating that network, creating that group mm-hmm. around you can really help you with like sharing your idea, getting feedback on your idea, building a better company.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Always give
1: something back, right? Yeah, 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 but uh, don't also be afraid to receive stuff. Yeah. So that's what I also sometimes see, is like people just um, really spending a lot of time sharing stuff with everybody else, but then they're getting afraid if they ask something from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So just, just be open to your people that you like, and they always really like to give feedback on your startup or on your website or on your whatever you make. Yeah. They always, people really like to just share feedback. Mm-hmm. And if you share feedback, be honest. Like if you are a good friend um, and they ask you for feedback and you really don't like it, say it to them. But don't say, I don't like it. Say, I don't like it. Why? Mm -hmm. And then they learn and they create a better product and they create something better. Then the next time they come here like, whoa, that's great. I like it because of. (laughs) Just do the second step in it as well. Exactly. It's much more helpful, to
0: be honest. And, uh, yeah, I can imagine it's easier in Dutch culture than in some other cultures. But Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but still, i very valuable nonetheless. Uh, Ifo, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. You've given a lot of interesting uh, stories, experiences, and uh, I hope our listeners learned a lot
1: from you. Yeah, I hope so as well, and uh, thank you for having me. All right. Well,
0: oh, that has been the end of the Young Investors podcast. Thank you so much for listening good day